Good morning. It's good to be back here. How many of you were here when I came here last? Wonderful. God bless you. I believe that today we are going to have a wonderful time in the presence of the Lord. Amen. It is exciting being a Christian. But sometimes you meet certain obstacles in the way. And some of us are, you know, really find it very difficult to surmount those difficulties. But in order for us to win, we have to know that we have to have the tools that will help us to be able to overcome these obstacles. For example, if you're running in a race, you know, how many of you have you seen the uh, steeplechase race before? Yeah? You know, in the steeplechase race, there, is, uh, there are hurdles, there's some water somewhere, and there's, you know, all sorts of things, obstacles in the way. But if you really want to win, you have to overcome all those obstacles. And, you know, sometimes some people, in, in trying to, you know, overcome the hurdles, uh, they trip and they fall. But they don't remain on the ground. Recently, I was watching uh, a race where someone, you know, are the just the last, uh, what do you call it? The last lap, they tripped and fell. But they got up and they started going. They were last. But by the end of that particular race, they had qualified for the finals because they won the race. And I believe all of us want to win the race in the Christian life. Amen? Amen. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you for an opportunity that we have once again to fellowship with one another and also to sit at your feet that, Lord, you will teach us. Open our hearts, open our ears. The Father will be able to perceive and understand where you are taking us so that our lives will be lives of victory and not be held down by the things that we encounter in this life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. As I said, the topic is how to overcome obstacles. And at the end of our service today, I believe that you should be able to comprehend the tools that are useful in facing the obstacles that come in our lives as Christians and how to overcome these obstacles. And also know how to overcome any obstacle that might come our way and know how to overcome them. These are the two things at least I want to achieve today. Amen? Amen. So now, what are some of the obstacles that we meet? The Bible tells us that we are in the world, but we are not of the world. And usually, you know, as Christians, we hear the word, the world, the world, the world. What does it actually mean? What I can deduce is this. It is the secular or material matters that oppose spirituality in our lives. Or secular or material matters as opposed to spiritual, uh, spiritual ones. So when a Christian talks about the world... They are talking about what? Things that are opposed to spiritual matters in our lives. And that is what is described by the world. And uh, for the world to be 
an obstacle in our life, it means we apply our lives to the desires of the world. When we allow the desires of the world to be part of our lives, then, you know, it becomes an obstacle in our life. Now, there are three things that, you know, when I was uh, training as a, a minister, three things that we were warned against. I don't know whether the last time I came here I mentioned them. They're the three Ps. Uh, the pennies, that is money. The panties and the power. Okay? Now, the pennies is, you know, when we think so much about money, you know, material things that, you know, we allow to become part of us. And our focus is so much on these material things that we lose sight of who God is. Panties. As, as a minister, we are warned against the opposite sex. And therefore what I did whilst I was ministering, I don't know whether the last time I came here I mentioned that I was now retired, but I'm very, very active in my retirement. Praise the Lord. That's why I'm here today. Amen? Amen. <laughs> and um, we are warned against, you know, the opposite sex. So whenever I'm going on a visit, I make sure I take my wife along with me, especially if I'm going to visit a young lady or anyone of the opposite sex. Do you know why? It is very, very important because anything at all could happen and it is your word against theirs. And some of them are very, very cunning. A friend of mine, you know, experienced that some time ago. He was at home and uh, a member of the church just called him, Pastor, Pastor, I need you, I need you. But suddenly he realized that, no, I can't go alone. So he called his brother. That was in the middle of the night, around 1 a.m. So he called his brother to meet him at the address of this lady. And so his brother got there. He got there, knocked on the door. And when the lady opened the door, she said, Pastor, I called for you alone. Why have you come with your brother? Hmm. That tells us something, doesn't it? She had a plan. But because of the warnings we were given in Bible school, this pastor prepared himself so this lady could not have her way. And then thirdly, power and glory. Sometimes, you know, some people glory so much in the attainments and the things that they have accomplished or where they are at, so much so that they look down on other people and all that sort of thing. So I said, well, the glory, the riches, and the power, and also, you know, the situations around us. These are obstacles that come in our way as Christians. So how do we overcome them? Before we come to that, you know, I want us to turn to our Bibles, 1 John chapter 2, or before that, earlier on I talked about the world. John chapter 17, verse... Uh, 15, Jesus said this, I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. 
That was Jesus' prayer before he left this. He knew that certain things will happen in our way. Obstacles will come. And so he had already prayed for us. Jesus has already prayed for you. Amen? So you know that victory is assured in your life. Hallelujah. But you have to keep your focus on him. We are in the world, but we are not of the world. We should be different. And Jesus prayed that God will not take us away. You see, when you become a Christian and God takes you away, then, you know, uh, it, it all doesn't sound right. But Jesus wants us to remain here so that our lives will have an impact on the people we see and meet around us. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And um, the desires of the, of, of the world, 1 John chapter 2 verse uh, 15 to 17, says this. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, I've talked about that a minute ago, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but of the world. And the world is passing away, and the last of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. Amen? And now that obstacle, I talked about the desires of the world. And then the desires of the flesh, everything that is in you, that is against the Spirit of God. That is the desire of the flesh. You know, for example, in the morning, you have planned that every morning you wake up at a certain time to have your devotion, to pray, and to be in the presence of God and to hear from Him. But just when you are preparing to wake up, especially these uh, days that the weather is so hot, maybe during the night you are not able to sleep properly, and then it's time for you to wake up to have your devotion, your body will tell you, oh, you have not had enough rest. Why don't you put in a few more minutes? And before you realize, it's time for you to wake up, to go to work, to have a shower and that sort of thing. So you miss out on, you know, the, 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 the important thing that you need to do before you leave the house. And that is having a time in the presence of God. The last of the flesh. The body will, you know, some, some people say, well, the spirit is willing. In fact, it's in the word of God. The spirit is willing Oh, well, the flesh is weak. We have to learn to overcome the desires of the flesh. The desires of the flesh, you know, some of it is uh, the doctor has warned you that you have to cut down on certain things that you eat. The dietitian will tell you that, you know, to be able to overcome your uh, diabetes, you have to cut down on sugar, you have to cut down on your carbohydrates and all. And these are important things, but your flesh will tell you, one more time. I've not had high ice cream in a long time. So why don't I, you know, have it? You know, this, this thing will affect you. Indeed, it will affect you. And you know it will affect you. You know, recently I visited the doctor and the doctor told me that I'm borderline diabetic. Wow. What do I do? I have to cut down on certain things. So I decided, you know, as they say, five, five a day. You know the five of the vegetables and, uh, you know. So I have to go on that. And I tell you, when you do that, 
you find that you have, you know, more strength and exercise as well. You know, uh, in, 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 I think somewhere in uh, 1 Timothy or 2 Timothy, it says what? Bodily exercise profits little, but godliness with contentment is great gain. What I've said to myself is this. Bodily exercise profits. That's where I stop. <laughs> Bodily exercise profits. So what do I do? Every morning, I make sure I exercise my body. See, there's this saying also that what? A sound mind in a sound body. If your body is not sound, your mind will not be sound. Because with illnesses and all that, you struggle. You are not able to do stuff. So it is important that you exercise. So every morning, I wake up. I make sure, you know, at a particular time, I leave the house. Because sometimes you say, oh, I remain in the house and do it. But when you go around and you walk and you do, oh, hallelujah, it is amazing. The last of the flesh. The flesh will tell you that today cut it out. No. You know, there's, there's a, a saying that if you do something constantly for three weeks, only three weeks, if you do it regularly for three weeks, it becomes a habit. Amen? Amen. So if the first week you're struggling, keep going. Second week, keep going. Third week, you find that it becomes easier because it has become a habit. So the habit that some people have, it is all because they are not persistent enough. Hallelujah. So how do we overcome all these obstacles? There are so many other things that I could mention, but I've, I'll, I'll just stick with the two or three that I've mentioned here. How do we overcome these obstacles? Number one, by having our thoughts centered on God. Amen? Amen? If you have your thoughts centered on God, he gives you the ability to overcome these obstacles. Let's look at Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, Whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The last time I came here, I quite remember I defined meditation. How many of you remember that? You've all forgotten. Oh my goodness. I might as well go back. Because if uh, what I, you know, brought to you was not received, let me remind you. You remember I was talking about the cow grazing? Yeah? You remember that? The cow grazing and then laying under the tree and then bringing the food back in the mouth and chewing over it? Yes, meditation. So meditation is not emptying your mind. But meditation is when you... Look at God's word and the things that are in his word, you bring them back up every time and then turn them over. Asking yourself, you remember asking yourself certain questions. 
What is this scripture telling me about God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit? What is it telling me? Is there any command in there for me? Is there any sin that is telling me to? And this particular verse says what? Finally, whatsoever things are true. You know, some of us, we look so much on the internet that, you know, anything that we pick up there, we think is the truth. And then we also start disseminating that information. But the Bible is saying, whatsoever things are true, and true things are the things that are in the word of God, whatsoever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure. You know, when we talk about purity, it talks about what? Things that are clean. And, and the internet, really, I mean, it's, it's so easy for us to pick up things from the internet. You know, social media is now, you know, and sometimes some people, when they receive, you know, uh, uh, anything that has been sent to them, they don't even sit down to think about it, whether it is true or not, or whether it is uh, it, it, it is going to help people. And then straight away, they send it on to other people. And recently... Uh, um, Someone in the Metropolitan Police got into trouble because they received some information that was not, you know, I don't want to go into that, but I'm just mentioning it. So whatever things are true, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate. Wow, I love that. If, if you would, you know, learn this uh, particular verse by heart, it will help you a great deal. Because I believe that these are things that God wants us to center our minds on, to concentrate on. And when we concentrate on these things, our lives become the better for it. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. How do we overcome them? By having our thoughts centered on things of God. Secondly, be concerned for, by the things of the Spirit. Be concerned by the things of the Spirit. You see, as, as Christians, our lives should be controlled by the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit speaks to us all the time. But because we allow so much to affect us, we allow so many things to come into our lives, we are not able to hear the Holy Spirit. He speaks all the time. And Romans 8, 5, and 6 tells us this. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is what? Death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So when we talk about someone who is carnally minded is someone who is always concerned about earthly things. But one thing I always say is this. We are here only for a very short time. And the last time I, I, I talked about it, that look, what we should be concerned more about is eternity. Because our time here is short. Even if you are here for 130 years or 140 years or whatever, you would definitely live this world. By eternity, 
is a long time. So we have to prepare for eternity. I'm not saying that you should let go of everything that happens around you. No, that would be irresponsible. But our focus should not be on material things. Because if your focus is on material things, if anything should happen, you will easily, easily, you know, become depressed. Amen? But if your focus is on God, if your focus is on spiritual things, yes, these things we need for life. But we need more godliness in our lives. You see, the world is at a stage where anything goes. Anything goes. For a child can decide that I'm no longer a boy. A child. And people are propagating this. Confusing the children. But we as children of God have to stand up for the truth. A male is a male and a female is a female. There is no in-between. Hallelujah. There's no in-between. And as Christians, if we do not stand for the truth, look, some of us are scared. Why am I scared? Absent from the body, present with the Lord. Hallelujah. So why should I be scared? Whatever they want to do to me will not, (laughs) hallelujah, have any impact. Because I know who I am. And I know whose I am. Hallelujah. Do you know who you are? Do you know whose you are? We belong to the living God. And Jesus is our Savior. Jesus is our Lord. Jesus is our guide. Jesus is our protector. Jesus is, oh, hallelujah. And the Holy Spirit is there to bring into sharp focus all the things that belongs to God if we allow him to be in control of our lives. Hallelujah. For those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death. You will die spiritually. But if you are spiritually minded, you have life. And you have peace. Because you allow the Holy Spirit to be in control of everything that you do. Hallelujah. I'm so excited that I'm a Christian. You know, when we were growing up, we learned a certain song. I am glad I belong to Jesus. I am glad I belong to Jesus. I am glad I belong to Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I'm glad I belong to Jesus. Are you glad you belong to Jesus? Oh, hallelujah. Thirdly, do not make alliances with the world. Do not make alliances with the world. You see, some of us, you see, Jesus said, look, I'm not praying that you take them out of the world, but protect them from the evil one. Second Corinthians six fourteen to 16. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? And what communion has light with darkness? And what accord has Christ with Belial? 
What part has a believer with an unbeliever? And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. Do not make alliances with the world. You see, if you make alliances with the world, the world takes over your life. Amen? The world takes over your life. But your life belongs to Christ. And, you know, with Christ in your life, you are an overcomer in every situation. Now, Jesus prayed that we will not be taken out of the world. Why? Because he wants us to have an impact on the world, not the world have an impact on us. You see, sometimes, you know, excuse me, ladies, yeah, some of you think marriage is the ultimate. Okay, so anything goes. Yeah? If for some, I mean, at a certain time, you're not, you haven't got a, a, a partner. You think the clock is ticking over. 35, 36, 40, and nothing is happening. And you think that's the end of it. So, well, anyone who comes along, well, they look good. They look smart. Why don't I, you know, one thing that could happen is this. Now, if you are on a hill and someone is at the bottom, yeah, you think, oh, I can have an impact on the person and then change them. <laughs> you can't change them. If you're on a hill and someone is down there, you're trying to pull them up, what do you think is going to happen? They'll pull you down. So all your testimony and everything will just go downhill. And you do not want that. That is what is being talked about here. Do not make alliances with the world. You know, when we make alliances with the world, our testimony will be lost. It doesn't mean that you should avoid unbelievers. No, that's not what it's saying. We're here to let them know the truth. The truth that sets people free. Amen? But then we don't make alliances with them. When you make alliances with them and you agree with them on certain things, what ultimately happens is this. They will gradually, gradually pull you down. And for you to be able to overcome obstacles, you don't make alliances with the world. Hallelujah. We are the people of God. And then my most important one, study the word. Study the word. Oh, I can't emphasize this enough. And last time I, 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 I mentioned that, and I'm going to mention it again. Study the word. Psalm 119 verse 9 and verse 11 tells us this. How can a young man keep his way pure? By taking heed according to your word. Your word have I hidden in my heart that I may not sin against you. It is only the word of God in us that will help us not to sin. It is only the word of God. You know, and Jesus said this in one of his teachings, that when you are even brought before judges or you are brought before courts, I will bring to remembrance what you know. That's what Jesus said. I will bring to remembrance what you know. So it is important for us to do what? To study. It is important for us to commit to memory the word of God. 
Hallelujah. And when you do that, oh, I tell you, when situations arise, the word of God just challenges you. Because when, you know, you start maybe looking at the the opposite sex in a way that is not right, the Bible just challenges you. Hey, watch it. How can you hold hot coals in your bosom and not expect to be burnt? That's what the psalmist tells us. So that is why I said earlier, when I'm going anywhere, I take my wife with me. Or if she's not available, I get one elder or deacon from the church to go along with me to go and visit somebody of the opposite sex. Because, like I said, you can't hold hot coals in your bosom and expect not to be burnt. You can easily be burnt. That is what the word of God does to us. The word of God brings to remembrance the things that we know so that we are able to overcome the obstacles in our way. Now, there are other obstacles too that we can look at. Temptations. Temptations. What is temptation? The desire to do something, especially something that is wrong or unwise. The desire. It is just a desire, right? Temptation is not sin. Yeah? Amen? Temptation is not sin. Sin is when we give in to the temptation. And some of us think that God tempts us. God does not tempt us. You see, temptation is the attraction to do something that is wrong that takes us to sin. But God tests us. And the test that God brings in our lives enhances our faith. Hallelujah. God tests us. And when you look at the test that God brings our way, there are things that will, you know, help us to enhance our faith and not things that will bring us down or lead us into sin. And James chapter 1, verse 2 to verse 4 tells us this. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Count it all joy. You know, sometimes certain things come our way and then we think, oh, this is too much. Lord, why am I going through this? Your faith is being tested. Amen? And if, 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 if there is no test, as the saying goes, there is no testimony. But when you overcome a test, then you have a testimony that you can share with other people and tell them that I went through this. So what you're going through, there is a way out. Hallelujah. And the way out is you overcome through Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Count it all joy when you go through various trials. Like I said, temptations come to make you what? Sin. And temptations come through Satan. What are some of the temptations? I've said said that earlier. The lustfulness, the desires of the flesh, these are all forms of temptation. Now, to be able to overcome temptation, pray that you have constant communion with the Holy Spirit. That is how you can overcome temptation. And as I said a few moments ago, immerse yourself in the Word of God and confess it. Not just immerse yourself in the word, but confess it. Remember when Jesus was faced 
with the temptation. What did he do? He said what? It is written. How was he able to say it is written? Because he has studied it and it was in his heart. Your word have I hidden in my heart that I will not sin against you. Some of us think, oh yeah, I mean, what is all this? It is important that we put the word of God in our hearts. And when the word of God dwells in our hearts, and we confess it regularly, we know that we are victorious. Hallelujah. Renounce any root of sin that allows temptation to come in. See, there are certain things in our lives that when we allow them, they lead us into temptation. You know, certain things that we watch online. Mm. No one sees you. You are all by yourself. You are just there by yourself. No one sees you. Oh, just a little bit, just a little bit. And before you realize temptations come, and then there's trouble. And some of us think, oh, yeah, no one sees. You cannot hide from God. No mountains cover you. His eye your secret thoughts behold. He knows the ways that might unburden. He grieves when God's own hand you spare. You cannot hide from God. You cannot hide from God. You cannot hide from God. Wherever you go, whatever you do, his eye is fixed on you. You cannot hide from God. You cannot hide from God. Renounce any root of sin that allows temptation to come in. Fill your mind with things of the Spirit. Hallelujah. And finally, last time I came here, I gave a homework. How many of you remember the homework? Yes. Which one was that? Someone. You remember I said learn someone by heart. How many of you have learned it? No, no, don't raise your hand. I don't want to shame anyone. <laughs> homework. Another homework. You see, when you learn someone, it does something to you. Blessed is the man that does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a fruit, oh, a tree, plant. Thank you. Oh, some of you, some of you are there. That was intentional to find out whether you're, you're following. <laughs> he shall be like what? A tree planted by the rivers of water, whose leaves does not wither but brings forth its fruit in due season. But the ungodly are not so. They are like what? The chaff that the wind blows here and there. Are you like the chaff? You shouldn't be. Someone learn it by heart. Okay? Now, today's homework, it's quite a lot. So if you are taking notes. (laughs) Number one, write down a list of the actual obstacles you are facing, considering the points that I've mentioned earlier. 
the world and temptation. Write down a list of obstacles that you are facing. And I know, you know, because we are in the world, we will face these obstacles. Number two, identify the obstacles that you have overcome or you've been able to overcome and analyze why. Oh, no, no, let me go back. Let me go back. Identify the obstacles you have not been able to overcome and analyze why you have not been able to overcome them. Applying the rules that I've mentioned earlier. Number three. Many biblical characters faced obstacles in their relationship with God. Sometimes there were family situations. Other times there were situations in the society and others within financial area. Research three characters and some of the obstacles they faced and how they resolved them. Okay? All right? Will you do that for me? Because next time when, I'm, when I come, I'll call someone to the front to come in. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, here are some positive aspects of what our relationship with Jesus brings to us. Mark 16, 17 to 18. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they'll cast out demons. They'll speak with new tongues. They'll take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. You know, these are positive aspects of our relationship with Jesus. You see, what Jesus is saying here is this. You know, certain things will come our way. But because we have him in our lives, we are able to overcome and we can have an impact on this world. You know, and I, I like the bit where it says, if you drink anything deadly, if anything bad comes your way, it will not hurt you. Amen? It will not hurt you because you are in complete closeness with God, Jesus, and the Spirit. Now, some of us think, oh, God is not speaking. I want you to note this. Don't say God is silent when your Bible is closed. God is never silent. But if you have closed your Bible, God will not speak to you. Amen? Now, here is an excuse that some people make you know, for not being able to overcome obstacles. Everyone is doing it. Everyone is doing it. But you're not everyone. You're a child of God. Hallelujah. So everyone is doing it. This is not enough reason for you to do it too. Distinguish yourself with your character. And please... Stop aiding and abetting with workers of iniquity. 
You are simply partaking in their sin. Choose to go the way that God has prepared for you. In all your doings, be steadfast and true. What God determines, what God determines, what God determines is the best for you. Amen. Shall we stand? Hallelujah. See, always, uh, it's very, very important that we give a response to whatever message we received. And this morning, where we've moved into the afternoon, I believe the Lord has said a few things that resonates with us or that has touched a nerve or that has awakened us to certain things in our lives. How do we overcome the obstacles that come our way? Whenever anything happens, we don't have to remain the same. We have to move forward. So this afternoon, I just, I just want everyone to just shut your eyes. See, the reason why we shut our eyes is we don't want any distractions, but we want to focus. You know, usually when I'm worshiping, I like to close my eyes because I want to feel the words of what I'm saying or what I'm singing and to find out whether really I mean what I'm doing. So I just shut my eyes to focus on the words. You just shut your eyes and ask yourself, what is it? What obstacle or what hurdles have come my way that I have not been able to overcome? And pray that the Lord will give you that ability to really concentrate on Him, focusing on Him. And the things that his word says. Not making alliances with the world. Renouncing anything that will take control of you. The lust of the eyes. The pride of life. The glory that you think I've attained. So what else do I need? And ask Jesus and the Holy Spirit to come. And help you. If you're overcoming, praise God. Just thank God that, hey, God, thank you that you are helping me to overcome. Let's just speak to God right now. Jesus. Holy Spirit. We welcome you into our lives once again. Open our hearts to really comprehend and understand how far you've brought us and how far you're taking us. We are in a world where anything goes and the situation is becoming 
difficult every day. But we know that with you in our boat, we will not sink. We know that with you by our side, we will not stray. We know that with you lighting our way, Lord, we will see a clear path before us. We know that, Lord, you are the strength of our lives. And without you, we can do nothing. So, Father, help us. That as we go on from today, we will not let this life weigh us down. But we will rise. We will rise. Even if we are down, we will rise. And continue to the end. Because of the prize that is set before us. Thank you, dear Lord. Now may the God of peace who brought up our Lord Jesus Christ from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you complete in every good work to do his will, working in you what is well-pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be all the glory forever and ever. Amen. 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 One thing you have to realize is this. Hardships often prepare ordinary people for extraordinary destiny. Amen.